subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, and welcome to These Four Walls. So we're back after a four-week break. Sorry about that. But I guess the headline news of this episode is that Shannon didn't get the memo and is still away. So, I've advertised for another host. It'd be really good for someone to come and help me out. Annie, I just got your email. Lottie, great timing. You're free now, aren't you? I am. I mean, I've got quite a bad cold, so I sound pretty nasal, but if you can get over that. That's fine. I feel like you're here, you're free, you can help me out with this episode. Welcome to the studio. And there's a slight strange beeping noise outside. Yeah, I noticed that. So, sorry about that, everyone. But you've been on These Four Walls before, flirting with Dave Franco. Oh, So, you're ready to help me out. So, for people, though, who haven't met you before, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Hi, guys. I'm Lottie, and I'm the social media executive here at ASOS. Um, so how does this all work, Annie? What have we got coming up? So, it's a scrumdiddly umptious episode of These Four Walls. I would say it's a proper cheer-upper, because YOLO, we met a lot of human beings. Cheekus, cheekus. Um, sorry, have I missed something, Annie? <laughs> so, sorry, I'm getting carried away. What is with all these words? <laughs> okay, well, all of these words, scrumdiddly umptious, YOLO, cheer-upper... These were all words that were added to the Oxford English Dictionary in September this year, and 2016 was 100 years since the birth of Roald Dahl, so lots of words like scrumdiddlyumptious are in the dictionary now. Okay, right. So words are a bit of a theme of this episode then? Yeah. Cool. Because before Shannon went away, she met up with actress Letitia Wright, who you might know from TV shows Top Boy, C4, and E4's Cucumber and Banana. And they spoke about her film Urban Hymn, and Shannon attempted a word game with her, right? attempted a word game with her uh yeah you'll have to find out so what else have we got lined up any fashion words to learn this week well not really fashion words but fashion week finished last week it was spring summer 17 so i'm going to speak to Gemma and nat who have both been on these four walls before and they're going to be running through everything they loved from the catwalk to the sidewalk nice and speaking of love who doesn't love louis three louis three random what not really that random, as his new documentary of Scientology is now out, so we'll also be finding out why people love him so much. 
talking of people who love him so much, Georgia Murray's here and she's going to pop in to chat to us about a feminist art collective called Gorilla Girls and their new exhibition that's happening at the Whitechapel Gallery in London. Amazing. Well, isn't it about time you get to the fashion cupboard, Annie? Uh, it's just it's just like Shannon never left. <laughs> okay, I'm off to the fashion cupboard. Hi, Gemma and Nat. How are you? Very good. How are you? Very good, thank you. Right. Now, Gemma, you were on the last podcast. I was. Thanks for asking me back. <laughs> yeah, you were so great that we just had to have you back. Thank and you. Nat, you've been on the podcast a lot. I have. But for people that haven't met you before on these four walls, would you like to introduce yourselves? I am Nat, and I am a women's wear stylist. And I'm Gemma, and I'm senior fashion editor. Great. So... It's Fashion Week. Well, it has been Fashion Week. It's just finished. Yeah. I want to know what you were loving at Fashion Week. All those things that you were, like, screenshotting on your phones and that we just have to talk about. So, Gemma, what was the thing that you've been looking at the most? Well, there's there's been a lot of stuff happening, but I think the most fun and most, I don't know, talk point would be possibly the Stella McCartney show. Um, Everybody was loving that. Everyone was sending that. We all sent it round and had such good feelings. And we just felt like it felt really fresh and really fun. The girls were doing a dance-off down the, uh, for the finale. So I think that's why the main thing that came out of it was that everybody liked that little dance that everyone was doing at the end. There's a really good um, Instagram by Salma Hayek and Anna Wintour. You can see her literally between the models and she's got the world's biggest grin on her face. And I was just like, Anna Anna loves it, it's obviously we had to be there it's gold that's fashion week gold it was amazing (laughs) and what else there was a general feeling wasn't there of quite a lot of girl power happening yeah Yeah. definitely there was Maria Grazia Churiza debut at um, Christian Dior and she did t-shirts that said we should all be feminists so there was definitely a feeling of kind of embracing your girlness and friends um, being just you know yeah, a supportive. Lot, a lot yeah. of girl power and a lot of like strong women. Because I think at Versace, all the lyrics were about giving women their freedom and being strong women. So there was a general vibe happening across all the fashion capitals of girl power. Yeah, really positive. And what else? What else were you sort of screenshotting on your phone? Okay, less um, groundbreaking, but still exciting, was um, a couple of denim brands that we noticed coming out for on street style um and they were this kind of decon recon element that we're talking about which i'm sure you've discussed on (laughs) on uh podcast before but the um i wanted to name check and again i'm really sorry about pronunciation here but was um casina schneider and another brand called r13 so casina we noticed loads on street and they're these like imagine if you were wearing baggy jeans at the top right and then you cut them off at the knee. Okay. And then you attached a skinny jean on the lower half of your leg, sewing it at the back of your knee. Somehow, I have a visual. They I'm not sure amazing. if it's the right visual, but, <laughs> but it's, it's, sounding, <laughs> it's sounding interesting. <laughs> I love that Nat, the stylist, is like, what? <laughs> Nat, what, do, what have you got a visual no, in just, your head? I just, love the descri- <laughs> I just love the description. Yeah, I do have a visual in my head and I'm into it. And then also um, Gigi was wearing the R13 ones when she was... She did a picture with Carl backstage and she just looked really cool. It's like they call them the apron overlay distress jean. Um, so they're just like a couple of brands to look out for. You'll probably have noticed them, but you won't know maybe who they're by. 
and we've done the groundwork for you. So, there you go. so we should say that we're talking about spring summer seventeen here. No, you can buy both of oh, these right. now. You can buy them now. But yeah. in terms of fashion week, it's spring summer seventeen. Yeah. But yes. so this could be the de- the new DIY moment. You have to get two pairs of jeans and sew them yeah. together. I think ASOS Debbie will be doing this and rocking this. <laughs> I'm sure she'll accept She's the challenge. I currently have DIY to ask queen. Her. Um, and what about other sort of street style things? Were there any key pieces or sort of shapes that you were liking? Uh, on the street, there was definitely, and on the and on the catwalk, it's actually like a um, a sleeve thing happening. A sleeve moment. So that what? So um, what in particular? That entailed. So there's like. Both kinds of puffy sleeves, so like really ballooned kind of Queen Elizabeth I style a massive sleeves. A bit like sleeves. you've got armbands under your top yeah, sleeves. Yeah, a bit. And Ashley Williams did them actually on the catwalk and they were really cool. And then there's this other kind of trend about really long sleeves. So like XXL obviously hanging out of kind of other pieces. So like undershirts, but you have like a knitted ribbed kind of long top poking out we saw loads more of that and it just feels really kind of something you can do to take you between now and when it gets a bit colder now i i did mean to ask you this when you were on last episode but i need to get you both to describe your outfits because you both wear amazing outfits and i feel that there might be a link coming in here so Gemma, (laughs) there might be a segue (laughs) Gemma, what are you wearing today? Um, so I'm wearing um, a bright green. I guess it's like apple green. What would you say now? Yeah. Apple green jacket, which is quite boxy, and carbon jumper and black jeans, and my new kickers boots, Peyton, which I'm really into. Which are really, really cute. You're wearing them in. <laughs> I'm I wearing know. them in, yeah. And now, what are you wearing today? I'm wearing a pair of like. You know the shoes that you used to wear when you like went back to school? I feel like that's the kind of vibe that they are, like a pair of vagabond boots. So you're both like, wearing back to school shoes? Yeah. yeah, it's the time of the season, <laughs> isn't And a bright yellow scalloped hem skirt and a lilac stussy long sleeve t-shirt right with now. a beret. Now, the reason I'm asking you, because Nat, you're going to run through a few things that you've spotted in terms of styling details and key pieces. Yes. But you're both wearing Gemma's bright green jacket and Nat's bright yellow skirt. These are colours that were cropping up sort of on street style. Yeah, definitely. So there was a lot of like lime, slime, greens and neons on street style which is really amazing. Like, you've got, like, the whole Marks Almeida um, aviator coats that come in, like, those different colours, like the blues and the orange, like, the bright neon oranges and then the other one that's, like, multicoloured with the yellow shearling. Um, what else you've got? There's a lot of, like, neon hair colours going on as well, which is really cool. Okay. Like, you've got Anna Trevelyan with her amazing, like, green hair at the moment. Um I noticed she had um, Preetma Singh and she's got like amazing green hair. Yeah. And she's always at Fashion Week and she's kept her green hair for quite a while now and I think she's made it the thing okay, that so it is. Okay, so you've got a green jacket. Yeah, but I'm secretly obsessed with her. Secretly. Obviously. She always wears like neons as well. She's really good at like mixing neons with like prints or like wearing like an all black outfit and neon or like a neon shirt. And then, like a printed skirt, she's really good at mixing patterns. So, is this about colours? Do you think that you can just wear one neon item, or is it about just going head to toe and wearing bright colours in your whole outfit? Now, how would you style it? I think it depends on your comfort level. Like, 
for some people like a neon bag with an all black outfit is like enough and like, that's fine but also there is room to like push the boundaries and go all out maybe not all out neon but like a neon and a print yeah it depends on how comfortable you are with yeah. wearing colour so just mm-hmm. so maybe experiment I think I could do a neon bag <laughs> and then maybe maybe build up to a jacket up, and like a nail polish maybe oh and a nail polish oh, I could yeah. definitely do a nail polish um so other than neon I think something a little less colorful but equally you guys have spotted is some some shoes yeah everyone was wearing the same shoes yeah I saw so many people wearing Vans old school trainers which is really cool because you know comfort comes first so and that they were being mixed with like the more casual outfits, like a pair of like black trousers and a t-shirt with some like hardware detailing on the belt and such. That was very model off duty. Yeah, that it? was like model off duty. They all seem to be wearing. Definitely. And then there was like the more folksy dresses and like maxi dresses and colourful dresses with then just like the comfortable trainer, which I think is like a really nice look as well. Do you both own any Vans old school trainers? I do. I do. I own two pairs. So who else have we? Who else have we seen wearing it? Of what the trainers, there was lots of people. Kate Foley was a, really attached to her vans. Mm. And she's usually a heel person, yeah, I think. definitely of. she is. Okay, and was there anything else that you spotted that you're loving? Yes, the mensy shirt and just shirting in general is probably like, from what I've seen, the biggest street style Everybody was wearing shirts. Staple at the moment, yeah. Like, in all shapes and sizes, like, the asymmetric sleeve, the like, your boyfriend's oversized, gingham off the shoulder, the more, like, tailored shirts, bralettes laid over shirts, like, shirting in every which way that you can imagine. So this is just... This is white shirting, but also I saw loads of stripes. Yeah, Everybody's stripes. wearing a striped shirt. And gingham. And I think there's quite a lot of, as you say, it's, I think the difference maybe with this is there's quite a lot of detail. So mm-hmm. um, big bows or, yeah. again, the sleeving. Yeah. It's all kind of there. Sort there's of menswear, of, but yeah. feminine details. There's yeah. quite a lot of origami style as well, like cuts and then folds. And Eva Chen wore um, a really cute kind of off-the-shoulder version. I think it was in New York. And then... Yeah, that's like a sort of pale blue... Is it striped? I think it's striped, yeah. yeah. And then um, Margaret Sang, who's like an Australian blogger, um, was wearing like a high-neck version. And Margaret Sang... No, Rachel Wang, sorry. (laughs) Wore like a gingham, really amazing red one with like a huge belt tied around it. And the belt matched matched the same fabric. And I think that, yeah, there's just like a definite... Because shirts automatically feel smart, but then they need that little something happening to them. And I think that's what we saw was girls just kind of doing lots of different things in this season. And they feel, yeah, they feel new with all those details. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can definitely pull off a shirt. I'm (laughs) not quite sure about the bright colours yet, but... I'm sure Nat can Baby style steps, me. Annie. Baby, Baby steps. steps. Well, thank you so much. I can't believe it's Fashion Week over again for another season. Um, but thank you for coming to chat and thank you for wearing such amazing outfits that linked very nicely to our trends. <laughs> Anytime. Right. See you next episode. Bye. 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 So I'm really struggling with the fact we're talking about spring summer 17. I've only just started wearing my coat. I know, but you can get ahead. You need to be wearing neon colours. Big sleeves. Yeah. All of that. Pat the vans out. Yeah. Shannon normally writes a shopping list, so I feel like... I'll be adding it all to my bag. (laughs) 
Well, I love the fact that you can just wear lots of shirts, all kinds of striped shirts, white shirts. I mean, that's what I'm going to be buying. Nice. I love that music. So I know about a little bit about this part of the episode. This is the time when we talk about all things love. I know, and I love that it always happens when I'm talking about something that we love. And this episode, George is finding out what people love so much about British documentary filmmaker and broadcaster Louis Theroux. Hi guys, so I'm at the screening for Louis Theroux's new documentary, My Scientology Movie. I'm super excited. I am a very big fan. And I'm about to ask the audience what their favourite documentary or favourite thing about Louis Theroux is. So my favourite thing about seeing Louis Theroux in this one was just seeing like a different side to him, more confrontational, more aggressive. I feel like in most of his other documentaries he's quite like a nice, friendly presence. He was friendly in this, but it was nice to see a more aggressive side to him. <laughs> I love Louis Theroux because not only is he amazingly awkward, but he also explores very important topics and asks people questions they maybe struggle to ask themselves. And he shows good level of empathy when doing this in personal situations. I quite like the recent one about alcoholism because I think it was nice to see his interview technique, which is quite friendly and affable, being turned to a topic that is more serious and needed that level of sensitivity. I think Louis trying a bit too hard to be a serious filmmaker these days. I preferred The Weird Weekends. I really like Louis Theroux because I just think he's a really nice guy. He makes everyone he's interviewing feel really at ease and I think that makes for really good documentaries. Everyone loves Louis Theroux because he's not afraid to ask those really probing questions that you've been waiting your whole life for somebody to inquire about. So lots, I feel like there's quite a lot of competition in the Louis Theroux love stakes. It's okay, Annie. He's probably listening to us right now and just falling madly in love with us. No? I'm back. We can't get rid of you, Georgia. No, you can't. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Okay. We're okay. Lottie's got a bit of a cold. Oh no, yeah. I've got a cold bit. as well. Excuse the sniffles, everyone. It's that time of year. But it's okay because we're going to talk about a new exhibition that you've been to in East London. Yes, so I went to the Whitechapel Gallery's latest exhibition called Gorilla Girls, Is It Even Worse in Europe? So who exactly are the Gorilla Girls? So they're an anonymous group of feminist female artists who were founded in New York in 1985. Each of them used a pseudonym of a dead female artist like Frida Kahlo or Georgia O'Keeffe. Um, originally, there were seven members and they came together in response to the Museum of Modern Arts, or MoMA, um, 1984 exhibition, which surveyed the most important contemporary art in the world. Within that exhibition, there were only 13 women out of the 169 artists selected. The exhibition's curator also said that any artist who wasn't in the show should rethink his career. The Gorilla Girls protested outside the museum and the group was born. Uh, their mission was to combat gender and racial inequality within the art world and to make the wider world aware of these issues. So the Gorilla Girls name, what's that all about? Well, a guerrilla group is a small independent group fighting larger forces. They said that due to press wanting photographs of them, they needed a disguise to protect their identities and keep the conversation focused on their aims rather than the individual members. Then, one of the early members of the group once misspelt guerrilla like 
Gorilla the Animal, and so they began wearing gorilla masks to hide their faces. So you might have seen their famous poster campaigns as well. Um, they put those up around Soho and the East Village when they first started. Oh yeah, I've seen postcards of women wearing gorilla masks before. Yeah, exactly. Um, so their most well-known one is where they were asked to design for the Public Art Fund in 1989. It's yellow and features a reproduction of a neoclassical reclining nude, but with a gorilla mask on her head. It reads, Do women have to be naked to get into the Met Museum? Less than 5% of the artists in the modern art sections are women, but 85% of the nudes are female. The public art firm rejected their design because the handle of the fan in the lady's hand was seen as too phallic. What? But they didn't have a problem with the naked lady? (laughs) Exactly. There was no objection to that, which is ridiculous. Um, So the Gorilla Girls ran the poster on the sides of New York City buses instead. But even that got cancelled for being too suggestive. Um, They tend to use humour, facts and call out specific institutions for their posters and banners. Yeah, because what's that post that you've got as your screensaver? So that one's from 1985 and it's pink and it's really cute. It's handwritten and it's got little flowers drawn around it. And it basically says, dearest art collector, it has come to our attention that your collection, like most, does not contain enough art by women. We know that you feel terrible about this (laughs) and will rectify the situation immediately. All our love, Gorilla Girls. Yeah, Gorilla Girls. <laughs> so good, right? <laughs> I like that there, it says dearest and all, all my love. Yeah, Amazing. absolute sass from them. So what is the current exhibition all about? So what's really exciting is it's the group's first dedicated UK show. Um, they made a poster in 1986 that they're revisiting for this exhibition. And it says it's even worse in Europe. So the group sent questionnaires to 383 European museums to see whether they are reflecting diversity in contemporary art and in art history. Um, but only one quarter responded. That's not very much. No, it's really, really shocking. Um, And the exhibition basically lays out the collected information from the galleries that did respond, and it is so interesting. And what's also interesting is that you got to go down to the Whitechapel Gallery and hear from some of the Gorilla Girls themselves. Exactly right. Um, And here's actually a clip of them discussing the exhibition itself and why they do what they do. I think when we started this project, we thought of it as partly a statistical investigation, you know, we've used statistics and humor in a lot of our work. But when we read what people wrote, we really realized we had to let them speak for themselves. Because what they said was, you know, sometimes ridiculous, sometimes fantastic, sometimes um, was it even truthful, you know. Uh, and, and we thought the comments were just so interesting that better to have for us to divide it into pieces and make our own kind of comments on it and just showcase what all these different people said. I think one, one thing that interests me is that no longer do you hear from artists or you know, curators or uh, maybe, maybe collectors with the exception, but it used to be that, they would, that, that dealers, you know, gallerists, would say things like, well, you know, women and artists of color just don't make the kind of work that's part of the art world dialogue. No one would be so stupid as to say that anymore. That has changed forever. And I think it's quite clear that history is a lot richer than the art history that we read in, you know, in books. You know, how can you tell the, uh, the, the art history of a global culture with only the work of white men? That, I mean, that's an absurd sense of history. And it's not a real history. That's the history of wealth and power. 
That's really cool. So you can see all the results of the survey at the exhibition. You can indeed. Um, it's presented in cool graphics all over the walls and of the floors of the gallery. Nice. Yes, but hold on a minute. <laughs> I want to ask a question. Yes, Annie Jim. So they were in their masks when they were talking to you? They were. So nobody knows who they are? No. And apparently they don't even know who each other are. They remain anonymous from each other. What? How do they manage that? Just those masks keep everything hidden. And I think when they were getting mic'd up for um, the talk that I went to, they just went into other rooms to mic up underneath the mask. That's fascinating. Yeah. That's really... a lot to keep up, isn't it? Yeah, I always think so. So when can we go see the exhibition? So it is open now and it is on until the 5th of March next year. So you've got plenty of time. What do you reckon, Lottie? Only if we go and grin a mask. Okay. <laughs> yes, guys. Anyway, I'm off. I'll see you guys later. Thanks, Thanks Georgia. Georgia. So that's another exhibition that I've got to add to our list. Shannon and I have a list of exhibitions that we want to go to. What about me? I'm going to tag along too. Okay, you can come. Talking of Shannon, before she went away, she caught up with actress Letitia Wright to speak about her new film. Let's hear what happened. Hi, so I'm here with Letitia. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Letitia Wright. Oh, I said it wrong, didn't I? Letitia, not Letitia. That's okay. How are you doing? How's today going? I'm good. Today was chilled. It was um, nice and easy. So yeah. we're in a studio, which I've noticed, you can see over there, there's loads of um, children's games. There's a Lego BAFTA downstairs. No, there's not. Yeah, there's a couple. I'm going <gasps> to run, make a run for it. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, award you the Lego BAFTA. Okay, so we're here to talk about Urban Hymn. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so emotional. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a beautiful film, but it's heartbreaking and there are really mm-hmm. sad moments. What, like, drew you to that script? Um, what drew me to it was just the, the, the chance to explore this character and this story with Michael Caton Jones. You know, it's my first lead role and um, not really having a lot of training in what it takes to be, you know, a, a, a leading character. and One of three lead, leading characters, shall I say. And... Um, that really pulled my attention to work with him, to, to learn from him and, and to see what it was that he did on set, you know, just to, just to learn more. Yeah. That, that was really what pulled me in. Speaking of him, can I do something to embarrass you? Mm-hmm. So I found this quote that he said about you. Oh. <laughs> you know, you know what it is. I've not felt this way about someone since Leonardo DiCaprio. I've had plenty of really good actors, but I just go on my instinct. My instinct is she, she can be as big as she wants. Letitia's just gobsmackingly brilliant. Oh, God bless him. Have you, I mean, have you heard that before? Um, That was, I think that was the first time I've heard it. And then I've heard it a few, uh, yeah, other times. Um, It's, bless him, you know, for saying that. It was really a great thing to work with him. He taught me a lot. He gave me a bunch of movies. He said, you know, sit down for two months and just go back go back to the past, go oh, back wow. to so silent you films. Yeah, he gave me homework to do. Even after the film had finished and wrapped, he was just like, I'm going to fill your hard drive up with like documentaries and movies. And That's so cool. So I spent a lot of time after the film just watching films and enjoying silent films. It was great. Silent was great. films? What's on your silent film list that we should check out? Hmm. There's a, there's a film that I've... I thought that it was amazing called the Cairo, a Cairo State the the Cairo Station. Right. It's a, it's kind of like a, a, a silent film. I think it's got a little bit bit of no. It's a silent film, mm-hmm. but I think they 
improved it later on and added a bit of sound or whatever but before it was amazing it's about this man in Egypt and he's like obsessed with this woman and it's it's reactions and is it's just so amazing it's a great film he taught me a lot about acting yeah. without words yeah. I don't think I've ever watched a silent film in its entirety yeah it's, it takes a lot of patience <laughs> um, and you also sing on this film were you a big singer before nope no, I never. I well, never you, you smashed it. It's amazing. Well, actually, I, the only thing I had to do in singing before was a film called Glasgow Girls, mm-hmm. but that was I had other people with me, so it was like not as daunting. But this one was like very daunting and very scary. So um, <laughs> I had to just like really just step up to the challenge and see yeah. if I could do it and just try my best. Really. Well, there's a scene, I don't think this is a spoiler, but there's a scene where you do have a solo. So you were yeah. generally as nervous as you looked. <laughs> yeah, um, that um, that scene, I think that scene went, that scene in real She's life grinning. was better than what it is <laughs> in the film because um, it was just literally that day, I don't know what what happened. I think just by God's grace, like I just was singing like never before. I think something happened where they had to like edit it and chop and screw it around. So it sounds a bit weird. You're a perfectionist. It's great. It sounds one, amazing. It was, I'm just going to clear the air right there and save it's myself. It's way better. And tell the, tell the truth. Um, but that day for me was really great because it was like, wow, I don't have a, a backup. I don't have a yeah. track playing in the background. It's just me. And I really just, just something just took over. Where I just committed to it. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to really try and just commit to this. That's going to be me in the shower tomorrow morning. Yeah. Beyonce. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, so tell us more about you. Have you, like, have you always loved acting? When did you, uh, how did you get into it? I got into acting like when I was 12, you know, I wanted to be uh, a basketball player. Did you? Yeah. I watched a movie called Like Mike and I wanted to like slam dunk on everybody. That so would I'd go be after amazing. school and like, try to be like you know put are you on good my... at basketball hey come on <gasps> come on can you give us a lesson um yeah we just need a ball and some some basketball hoops out here in covent garden and okay then let's go. make this happen but yeah <laughs> okay, i wanted so... to do that i wanted to do um athletics and i think at just primary school my teacher just invited me to to classes and then the next thing i know she was asking me do you want to audition for rosa parks in the black history month i was like rosa who and then i researched i was like Hey, a twelve-year-old. I, I, I like this Parks. Rosa Parks. So it just That's continued incredible. like a hobby, and then seventeen years old, I was just like, okay, I want to do this. So that's how it really started for me. And what's what's the hardest part? Because you've had some amazing parts. You've been in Top Boy. Yeah, thank so God, man. Yeah, Kano. Yeah, we're big fans of Kano on this podcast. Yeah, chill, <laughs> chill. I like his. I like the way he sound. He speaks. <laughs> he's what's got it? like his voice is 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 so unique. His, yeah, his rapping yeah, yeah. is. is his flow, his style is so unique. Oh, that yeah. album, his new album. Shout out Kano, I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> um, okay, we've got a little game for you. Are mm-hmm. you ready? Yep. So I was speaking to Tisha before we started and she has no idea what our game is. Are you feeling mm-hmm. nervous? As nervous as your big solo? No. no. Oh, confident. Okay, so what our game is, Please? we've done some digging into basically the weirdest words we could find. Okay. And because they're very strange and not used in conversation, and they are real words, but they're not all in the dictionary, we are making it slightly easier for you by giving you three options for the answers, okay? Okay. So you've just got to guess the right one. Okay. Okay. So the first one, I don't even know how to say these words. Mm, Papa- you want to give me a game? <laughs> Papaphobia. Is that A, fear of paper cuts, B, fear of butterflies, or C, fear of the Pope? 
Hmm. I think paper cuts. Dramatic music. Have we had some dramatic music? Dum, dum. Yeah. Dramatic music. Dum, I'm afraid dum. it's not. Oh, it's, it's the Pope. F- yes. Oh. Was that your gut instinct? Yeah. You've got to go with your gut. But it says it's Papa. It sounds like paper. I know. I think that's where we've tricked you. Okay. The next one is a Nelly Pot. Okay. N-E-L-I. Nelly P-O-T. Okay. Nelly Pot. Yes. Nelly Pot. So that is A. Somebody who walks without shoes. Mm-hmm. B. A type of small aircraft. Or C. A baby elephant. Aircraft. Or someone who walks without shoes. What is this? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I quit. I mean, it's a game of luck. Okay, come on, we can do this. Um, Gambrinus. Okay. Is it drunk, kind of beer drunk, Gambrinus, stupid, or something that's soaked in brine? The last one. It's the first one. I knew it was the first one, but it says Brinus and it sounds like and Brian. Brian. Yeah, that, I think that's where we've been I'm done. tricking. Whoever did that, I'm going to find them. No, we're going to get one. You're going to get one. Okay. Smelly fungus. Does that mean a pessimist? Is it type of mushroom? Or is it having an oversensitive nose? First one. A pessimist, yes. Because <laughs> yes. you nodded at me. She did it. No, I mean, she nodded at me. Now we've learned loads of new words that we can go and throw into conversation. Oh, gosh. It's good pub chat. It's good, um, you know, show off with your mates the new words. <laughs> Although I've forgotten them all already. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to the film. Tell, I'm giving you five seconds. Tell everyone why they need to go and see it. You should go see it because it's a, a heartfelt film with... Um, just it explores two characters who are going through situations that many teenagers go through and just to see that there's hope at the end of the tunnel that was beautiful thank you all right go and see it bring the tissues Letitia thank you so much for being on these thank you so much bye well that's the end of the episode okay the first person I have to say thank you to is Lottie thank you for being my stand-in Shannon for this episode anytime Annie you know where I am and thanks to Gemma and Nat for running through Fashion Week with me and for Georgia for giving us the lowdown on Gorilla Girls and their exhibition. And thanks to everyone we spoke to that confessed their love for Louis Theroux. And to actress Letitia Wright and Shannon for interviewing her. Shannon, come back from holiday. Oh, and our producer Warren. Thanks, Warren. It's like an award show in here, isn't it? Um, do I get to do this bit? So if you like us, please don't forget to rate or review us. That would be amazing. And if you enjoyed this, you might want to check out our other ASOS podcast, My Big Idea, where you can hear inspirational stories from girls who have started up their own businesses. And finally, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Yep. And tune in next episode for more from these four walls. Welcome to These Four Walls. Sorry, we're not here right now, but if you want to leave a message, we'll get back to you. Thanks! Hi guys, it's Shannon here. Can you hear that? Yeah, that's the sun. Uh, I'm looking for Rihanna. I haven't found her yet, but when I do, I will be coming back, so don't forget about me, yeah? Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. 
Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.